get it out. G'day. Nice to see everyone. God's amazing. How good was um, the, the uh, preacher last night at the wedding? Just fire. So good. I wasn't going to watch it, but just happened to flick over during the footy. Um, it's disappointing the footy wasn't on HD, but anyway. Um, flick back to channel 70. Thanks, you, mate. Thanks, Aaron. Um, yeah, and flicked over and then just, yeah, he's just talking about love and how love's the highway and family and connection and God's for us and people that love are children of God and it was just, it was about 13 minutes. Um, so he either had, he either had 10 minutes and he went a bit over or he had 15 and he just honoured really well and just dipped out a bit early. But um, it was, it was amazing. So we just thank you, God, that we, we, we thank you that your kingdom is advancing. Despite what we see through the media, despite what we are fed, despite what our Facebook feed says or our Instagram feed says or the news that pops up on the app or what the nightly news says or what our friends are saying, we thank you that the reality is that your kingdom is advancing. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would open up avenues and ways for us to actually hear it and see it. That you'd help us be intentional and pursue uh, opening our eyes and lifting our heads and opening our ears to the good that is happening. We don't deny the evil and the bad and the challenging and the tragic. We, We don't deny that. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge pain. We acknowledge hurt. We acknowledge that, 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 that stuff happens. But we, we don't feed on the negative. We feed on the good. Because you're not a negative God. You're a good God. Amen? Yes, yeah, so we, we, we focus on the good without denying the bad. Because if we focus on the good, our reality and perspective continually gets upgraded. So it changes the way we look back at the negative, at the challenge, at the trial, at the disappointment, at the pain, at the hurt, at the anxiety, at the depression, at the broken leg. So I, just, I thank you for your presence, God, that, that changes us. This is not behavior modification. This is soul transformation. This is our spirits becoming alive. It's our spirits being born again. It's this immaterial thing that can only connect with God, our soul and our spirit. And I thank you, God, that you're shifting and changing. That that scripture, we're just praying, church. That scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says that you're a new creation. That word new is prototype, never been created before. I thank you, Lord, for the uniqueness in this room, for the love languages of how to express and receive love, for the different different spiritual gifts that we're now operating in, and perhaps the ones we're eyeing off, the the fruits of the Spirit, the nine that we learned in Sunday school, the ones that we're growing into and the ones that are challenging. I thank you that we're unique. But I thank you that you're good 
and your kingdom is advancing. And I just declare right now, yeah, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall and rest right now in every heart. Yeah, that we would have encounters during this time. Yeah, encounters with your peace, encounters with your presence. I thank you that your peace is in your presence. Really great. Amen. Thanks for coming. So, my name's Justin, and welcome to Sunday School. Now, I, I want to, we've got a really big vision, and what I'm challenged with is we've got a really big vision, but yet I still put the bins out. We've got a vision to see blind eyes open and deaf ears pop open, which I've seen both of them. But yet I, I still got to prepare the fire in the morning so my house is warm. We've got a really big vision to impact society and culture with the kingdom of God and the values and the belief systems that are attached to it and him. But yet Jude poos and I've got to wipe it up. And it's different to Bella because he's got testicles. It's, it's just different. There's, I'm still working that out. Can, can we be real? I'm believing that blind eyes open and I'm changing my boy's dirty nappy. I, I just want to acknowledge that we have a life. And, and, and we've also got life in him. And we're, we so easily compartmentalize things. We put things in boxes and categories. And it's important to stand back and acknowledge but the kingdom of God is, it, the, Jesus talks about leaven and, it, and, it, and it, it goes in like yeast and, it, and, it, and it's built in and it's, we made croissants on Saturday morning. And the process of making, sorry, croissants, as Mike came in and said, oh, are they croissants? I said, no, Mike, they're croissants. But it's this, the, the, the process with butter to get the layers. We had to freeze a block and put it on and, 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 and my arms got sore. I said, Lee, I can't do this. I took my top off because it was just, it was just because I did the fire so good. The house is just so hot. And I took my top off and Lee's like, she calls me high maintenance. Um, I'm like, I'm hot. My arms are sore. And then Lee's like, elbows me out of the way. I'll do it. Go and be with Jude. I'm like, yes. Um, so anyway, so we made, we made croissants, but the, 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 what is it called? Kneading, the kneading, the rolling, the pressing, whatever, the butter into it. So it's like the kingdom. Jesus says like leaven, it's, it's meant to be in everything. It's meant to be ingrained. It's not just meant to be a ministry like the prophetic. It's not meant to be a ministry where we prophesy. It's meant to be a culture. So I'm fascinated with our life and all that we are to do and be and the lists of stuff. But I'm also fascinated about the kingdom of God and all that is because we can't see it. So often the reality of what we can see, because it's in our face, is higher and heavier and weightier and, and aggressive compared to the dreams in our heart that aren't seen. And it doesn't mean that that's not real. In fact, the Bible says it's, a, it's higher, it's bigger, it's larger, it's wider, it's deeper, and it's stronger, and it's more real. 
Jesus talked about, hey, don't forget doing that, but you've forgotten the weightier principles, mercy and compassion. So he said, don't, don't stop tithing, Luke 23, 23. He goes, don't stop that, but you're carrying on more about that and you've forgotten the weightier principles. So we know that there are truer truths if we're to be real. So I want to just, what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about a few things, but I want to I want to open up my life a little bit, not too much detail, (laughs) no I will, but I want to open up my life a little bit uh, and just show us um, what what actually happens, what actually happens like in our life, we've all got a list of stuff, yeah? So I want to just go through, uh, and, and as I'm writing this, my heart is that you would begin to acknowledge that we have a life full of details that none of us see. We've got stuff. Our head hits the pillow. We've got challenges. We've got exciting things to wake up for, and we've got challenging things to wake up for. And I'm just going to pick apart. I'm just going to do this so I can read. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to write down a whole lot of stuff. So, well, I'm pretty short, aren't I? I was praying that uh, Lee was saying, I want my son to be tall. And I'm like, I don't want my son to be tall because he's my son, and I'd rather him like us. And then Lee said, well, we don't want him to be a midget. And I'm like, well, that's pretty rude. Um, But uh, so family and then friends. Um, Forgive my spelling, guys, at times, all right? There's there's extended grace, please. So we've got church here. And then we've got, what do we got over here? We've got life, okay? So as I'm speaking, I just want you to be challenged. And that's a good pen that I bought yesterday at Safeway. That's really good. So, yeah, how are we going? Put the top on. All right, so me. We've got me. So we've got, like, who I am. Who I am. My personality. I'm just going to write person. Uh, my character. My, my purity. My integrity. Like, th- these are all things in me that don't concern you, but they concern me. My fears. I've got fears. I've got insecurities. Insecurities. Like, as I live my life, you can see Justin the pastor, Justin the amazing singer in perfect pitch. You can see all these types of things, but the reality is I've got fears and insecurities. Then we've got, then we've got rest. I need rest. There's my growth, like my personal growth as a human being, and then in God. We've got re- reading. Like, I like reading, but I have no time. So I've got to make time. Then we've got boundaries. I've got to have boundaries in my life. Boundaries, but versus laziness. So I can say I've got a boundary, but it's actually to fuel laziness. Failures. How do I process failures? So all that is me. So I've got my personality, my character. I've got gifts. I've got strengths. I've got weakness. That's really good, isn't it? I've got weaknesses. Like this makes up me as a human. But then we've got the whole... God thing. We've got connection with him. Connection. His word. Who he is. Who he is to me. Like, who is he to me? So I've got this whole list here of who I am internally, but then I've got this whole God list. This whole stepping out thing. Stepping out in power. But that's my heart. 
was to step out in power, in kindness, in love, to actually demonstrate the spiritual gifts. There's a call. There's a call from God. There's dreams. There's desires that he's put in me. And this is all happening all the time, like our life. Even with God, there, there seems to be setbacks sometimes. There's disappointment. It's a paraphrase for disappointment. There's presence and prayer. So all this is real. I'm married to Lee, the amazing Lee, Bella, Jude. And I could break off sub-points for each one of those. My connection with Lee, how is it going? Am I being a husband first, not a father first? Am I being a husband first, not a pastor first? Am I on my phone too much? Probably. But navigating that while still acknowledging who I am as a person and my character and integrity and purity... Not, not putting laziness above boundaries. I want to grow and read, but, but where does that fit in with me being a great husband and me leading Bella? And we've got the layers with Bella. Is like, she's, but then I've got things attached to Bella. Like she's the, I mean, I love Jude, but it almost feels like I love Bella more. Is that weird? Because I don't know him that much, but I have a history with her. And we've got this amazing connection. And it's been an intentional pursuit, but all that's been happening while I've been pursuing that with Bella and at the same time with Lee. But has that been neglected at times? Yeah, it has, because we can easily get to a point where our kids are everything, but our wife's over here. So that's a challenge for me, but I'm still trying to work out my call and my preaching and my encouragement and my walking in power. And so they're working together and there's layers and there's levels. And and my history has been challenging with a little half time for 18 months when we were separated. If you've got questions, ask me. So that's there as well. It's, we're healed and whole, but it's still there. It happened. And now we've got Jude and it's a whole different dynamic in our home. So it's different to organize meetings and dinners and going out and time off and rest. Because I need rest. But I've got a baby boy, Jude. And Lee's on, and he's doing well. He's averaging six hours a night now. It's awesome. But still, it's challenging. And she's got, a, and she's got her own list, and you've got your own list. So then there's all kinds of things. Then there's the, um, like my parents and other family members. And then there's extended family. And we haven't seen our cousins for ages. And it's like, if we continue to do that, we'll be 40 years ahead and not know them. So that's in my head. But when things just pop in, it's easy to put aside. And I've been thinking that for three years. It's like, oh, we don't do Christmas anymore. And we always did. So I'm like, oh, is that weird? It probably, it's a little bit weird now. So now we, how, do we get that going again? But all this is still happening. And all that's still happening. And all that's still happening. And each one has 50 things with another 50 things that are all connected to that. There's emotion with this. Like, like Nat and Katie love connection and pouring out their heart. And that's not a ha-ha, they're weird. That's a amazing gift, but because I don't relate, it's like, oh, am I not being a good brother? Because I, I'm not great at that, but can I take steps in it? So that's an element in this, in a list of a thousand things, but that's still real and I still think about. Our thoughts are incredible. We can have, I don't know what the stats are, but is it a, how many a minute? Oh, how, Jim? Sorry, Jim. 
pick on you because you're a doctor. Uh, thousands. But are, we, are you understanding where we're going today, church? Okay, so we got vision, and it feels like the church list was bigger, which is dysfunctional. Um, but it's like the vision. There's vision. There's dreaming, and we know all this. And there's got responsibility, response, ability. I know how to spell it, but you know. Um, and then there's ministries. And then there's, there's, there's ministries that we need to fill. Like, fill, who's going to, we want to set up a, an amazing welcoming guest team and a next step team with overseeing volunteers. That someone steps into that and is passionate about, oh, great to see you. And we've got a next step in line where you'll come and be, begin a culture course and, and, and then start serving and then get into a revival group. And what's the next step? Because people come and visit, but what's going on? So we're praying for that. But that's also when I'm wondering if I'm a good brother and also wondering if I'm a good son and wondering if I'm not just using them for babysitting, but actually valuing them. You know, like these are real questions that I think about. I come to church. I'm like, I wonder if things are going to be set up and what's my response if they're not? Because I'm not the king of Dingley and we're dealing with people that are volunteers that are special and have all that going on. I'm fascinated by, anyway, that'll go too long. Yeah, there's, there's so much on that list. There's, I mean, we're going through the budget at the moment, the finances, because it's your tithe, guys, final, whatever. But it's your tithe. So we've now stepped into having the responsibility of stewarding your money. Wild, wild responsibility. And it goes through elders, we talk to advisors. We've got things put in place. But, like, we've been just stripping cash off each week. Now, that sounds weird. Um, yeah, using it for ourselves, no. Um, <laughs> thank you, no. Um, no, we've been, like, shredding the budget. Like, why are we doing that when we can be doing this? And we're just going through it. And it's been amazing. And we really feel like the Lord's just about to blow up in a really good way, the blessing. Because I'm not just happy to, to make budget each week. Like, we want to have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God. So we're, we're praying through that. So the budget and the finances and going through every single cent of this, what comes in and goes out in this place, is on my list. I think about it. And I also think about my call and me reading books and growing as a person. And there's expectations. Like, am I meeting expectations? Like, I can get up here today and be thinking right now, is this failing? That's what I'm thinking. Because we can think many things at the same time. I've probably thought, is this a flop five or six times in the last 10 minutes? Wondering, well, what's people going to say at the end of it? It was great, you know, but that's real. That's a thought. As I'm doing this, I'm thinking negatively, what are you guys thinking? Can we get real about our whole life? We've got lists and lists and lists and lists and lists of stuff. There's opinions. Like, what do I do with opinions? A lady came up to me and said that our church, op, 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 inion. Is that onion? Is that onions? Is that opinions? But we've got opinions. A lady came up to me a couple of weeks ago and said, um, you, this church is a cult because of the green lights. And I'm like, anyway, it's great. There's green lights on the stage. So anyway, we can laugh at that, but she's a human with a heart, character, personality, 
call of God on her life. And so how do I navigate that? And all at the same time, this is all happening. So we've got life. So we've got the fireplace. It's Justin's domain at home. That's why Lee gets on Gumtree every day because she knows I'm a pyro. So I've got to collect as much free wood so there's no limit on how much I put in each day. So then we've got bills. Bills are real. Bills are real, especially when you were a landscaper and earned some, some nice money. And now you're working at church and it's uh, more rewarding for the soul. <laughs> Love offering today. Um, oh, by the way, and then there's the reality. No one's mentioned my nose. Anyone notice my nose? Oh, I went in to get the whiteboard. And I knocked a fluorescent light globe cover off the roof and it landed on my nose. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about what I look like, so um, Lee will be laughing in the mother's room. So, yeah, I've got to take the bins out. I don't have to. I actually, that's just what I do. I like it. Um, I love vacuuming. There was a post on Facebook, like, um, Saturday morning you'd wake up and you'd have the best weekend ever, but now you're 35, you're excited about the latest vacuum. And I, I actually love vacuuming. It's just, I love it. Um, so there's vacuuming. And then there's all this stuff. So then there's routines. There's routine. There's routine. There's just getting out of the house with the kids now. And that taking a bit of a process. So there's all that. I wanna, I'll just rattle off a few instead of, instead of writing. Gee, Chris, this is intense. It's awesome. Love you. So then there's the whole, yeah, then there's the whole Richmond Football Club aspect, which is always there. But then there's like, there's work, there's my work here, but then where's the boundary of me going above and beyond having meetings and catch-ups and not being paid for everything I do when it comes to church? Because that gets weird and yuck. Like there's got to be a level of sacrifice regardless if I'm on staff full-time, which I'm not right now, but we're working towards that. So there's all this, there's bills. There's travel, there's dreams to travel, and it's like, okay, we can't now, but I really want to, and, I, and I've, got to, I've got to deal with that, like, what's the priority? You traveling, or you looking after your family? Because if you do this now, you'll position yourself to be able to do that later. Then there's the whole um, approaching strangers, then there's frustration, impatience, there's getting a flat tire and a busted nose, and that's all on the list. And it's like, okay, cool, that's, that's real. And what I've been learning and loving is that God is fully aware of, that's horrendous, but um, thank you. No, I wasn't looking for that, but um, I'm just looking at going, is that even legible? But, um, but the amazing thing is that God actually sees that, and we could write four blackboards on my life, because um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a, nah, um, but we could do that, and God, God's dream and heart and plan and vision and expectation and excitement of His ideas and plan for the world and the church and you. So He takes that, and then He, he understands His plan and vision and to be honest, that doesn't concern him. Pause. Every single thing on that list concerns him. It matters to him. 
because every single one, even if it's practical, has some sort of connection to our soul and our emotions, and it goes deeper than just stuff. So he's really concerned. He's the greatest empathizer the world's ever seen. Knowing that Lazarus, Lazarus would be raised allowed himself to cry and mourn. Weird scripture. Jesus wept. So he's fully concerned and aware at this. But it does not stop or end or put out the call and the list of what he's called us to. And that's what I'm fascinated about. I'm like, okay, I wrote this down. The vision, heart, and goal of God that is hoped for and expected by him, regardless of the negative, the challenges, the trials, the hits, the hurts, and the disappointments of life. God factored all of that in before he sent Jesus. He factored this list in before he sent Jesus. He factored the list in before he sent the Spirit. Today's the day of Pentecost, apparently. Um, not sure what all that means. I know there was a day of Pentecost, but yeah, anyway, that's great. Um, Like he factored it all in. He knew what he was getting himself into when he put these um, missions and commissioning us to go and reach the world, to be light in a room, to change atmosphere when we walk into Safeway, to pray for people like last week in the Uber on the way home. And 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 because we because I've learned over time that God speaks clearly, and I've got to trust Him. He said, "Have you got neck pain?" He said, "Yes," and we prayed, and it and it went all away. And then prophesied over him, and encouraged him in the gospel. That's that's amazing. But all that's happening in my life at the same time. So it's learning like how do we do this deal? Like what's our next step? It's core beliefs, isn't it? It's going through these core beliefs. It doesn't mean it's going to be systematic or a linear thing, but it means we're going to be start highlighting different things through the offering, through transition, through announcements, through testimonies, through video testimonies, weaved in and out of the sermons. We probably won't do a, this is what we're doing for four weeks. It'll be organically going through. We may at times when we feel the Lord go, hey, you need to sit on this. But that's what we're going after as a church. But you've got all that and more. So how do we do it? And I felt like the Lord really answered me really quickly. Just in the last 10 minutes, I just want to share. Mate, can you just move that, please? Just out of the way. That'll be great. Just we've got some stuff coming up on the screen. I'm like, God, how? Because the core beliefs are amazing. We went through it. We feel like they're going to uphold the vision. They're going to lead us to the vision of seeing people encounter you every single day of our life. It's challenging. But we feel like that that's what we're called to. There's got to be something different. I'm just asking that question. Like, I want to see your presence move in this room, and I want to see miracles. And I want to see healthy connection and relationships. If we can do those three things, I'm good. If we can see miracles all the time, that his fire would come, his power would come, whatever that looks like, whether it's an internal assurance that changes you forever, or whether you're screaming, I'm okay. We'll have some policies in place during the service if that happens. Deacons. <laughs> There's truth in that because we want to honor everyone else who isn't having that same encounter. But this is what we're doing. We're going after all this. Core beliefs are great. The vision's great. We're believing for that. Miracles, connection, power, worship. How, how amazing was this morning? 
It's just, it's growing, it's building. And I think it's more, they're growing as well, but we're growing, getting a bit more confident. It's like, oh, I can't. A lot of people are too shy to step out in the congregation during worship. Like, imagine if you could be who you really want to be in worship. This place would change overnight. So I, I implore you and encourage you to maybe start tapping your foot a little bit. So how are we going to do this? We've spoke about consistency. I'm not going to talk about that today. I, I pray and hope that you've gone through the sermons and you're aware of that vision within the vision and you're up to date with it. We've spoken about hope, how important that is. Testimonies and prophecies give us hope so that we don't defer hope, so our heart doesn't get sick. So we guard our heart by testimonies and prophecies. Lee, Lee said we've got to have promises that are yes and amen, because they're all yes and amen because of Jesus. But, but what's an underlying thing? And I really believe that it's peace. And we throw that word around a lot, peace, yeah. Have you got peace about that? I can't do that. I don't have peace about it. Then I'm mocking a touch. But often we say things and do things as believers, which you know I'm passionate against, and not ridiculing heart motive, because that's everything. But often our heart is for something, but our minds are thinking something else. Because out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. And as a man thinketh, so he is. So we've got all this stuff that's created. Questions and I wonder and insecurities and fears. And it's all tied up in maybe all of those things. But then there's this vision and it's like, how? And I'm like, it's peace. It's peace, and it's not just peace. The definition in the dictionary is the absence of war. And the biblical definition's opposite. It's, it's harmony, it's prosperity, it's a sound mind, it's completeness. It's when everything's, li- it's alignment. The word shalom is the Hebrew word. And it's, often we talk about Hebrew Greek, what went through the cross, what ended at the cross, and what was redefined at the cross. They're important questions when reading the whole Bible in context. What, what stopped at the cross? Animal sacrifice. What got redefined? And then what actually started at the cross? Something new. So it's really important to understand where we're at with all this. And peace is one of those things that transcends and, and explodes even more. Because what we've got is we've got, a, there's covenant names of God. Covenant names of God. You've heard this, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. And so on and so forth. But there's one that says Jehovah Shalom. So it's not about him having peace. It's a covenant name of God that transcends and moves into the new covenant. Because it's the covenant name of God, it's eternal, it's forever. It's the peace of God. And that word, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, your peace. The Lord, your peace. It's the key. This is the current, this is the undercurrent that needs to be established in your life. When I say need, you know what I'm saying. But you you need to establish and step into the current of peace that's underneath the surface of all that. Because if we don't have peace, then we're scattered, 
we're frantic, we're double-minded, we're freaking out, and that's where anxiety peaks and pikes. And I'm not saying we deny that. We process it and move forward in it. But unless we're approaching peace in that process, we're just plugging holes. So the peace of God is a really big deal. I'm going to read it out. Uh, some of some of the Hebrew, and then talking about the Greek. Because we need to know what it is. It's not just a, oh yeah, peace, yeah, peace, peace on earth. Luke 2, 13 to 14, I knew that. It's on my Christmas card every year. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Look, it's more. It's more than that. But over years, we see it on the Christmas card. Peace, 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 peace. Yeah, peace, man. It's more than just a word. It's a substance. It's like the oxygen of heaven. We talk about faith is the currency of heaven. Peace is the oxygen. It's in everything. Jesus, the prince of peace. God, your peace. A state of, this is the Hebrew, to to be complete, to be sound, wholeness in life and body. Some of those things, you're, you're fighting, I'll never be that. No, you can be that. That list is real, but it's beautiful because it just opens up the enormity of God. If we can have that much going on in our life all the time, plus another 18,000 whiteboards, then what's God's mind like? The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 26 to 28-ish, his understanding no one can fathom. New Living Translation version. Harmony between all relationships. The fullness of peace, the fullness of peace, is that when your body, soul, and spirit are in alignment, and I'm not saying get on a mat and do weird things. Exercise and stuff that helps is good. But the person of peace, the prince of peace, the God of peace being welcomed into your process so it manifests and you start breathing the oxygen of heaven, which is peace, and understanding there's a current that's shifting and guiding you under your feet, big deal. The Bible says in, I'm guessing, Hebrews, it says, pursue peace. And that word pursue is militant. It's weird, isn't it? Because we go dictionary, the absence of wars, peace. Oh, yeah, peace, national tranquility, awesome. We've got peace treaties and peace process and peace deal and all that stuff. It's great and necessary. But it's not that. But we can still have peace in the midst of a storm. Jesus modeled it really well as our hero, as our perfect theology, as our person that we follow. Read Philippians 2. Our attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus. 1 John 2.6. If anyone claims to be in him, he must walk as Jesus did. It's intense. So if we don't have peace as the oxygen and the current, we read scriptures like that and look at that and go, you're kidding me. You're a joker. Ha ha. Are you kidding me? Can I show you my list, God? Like, I honestly have to deal with something bad not happening to Bella on a, not every day, but four, four days out of the seven days. Like, it's real. And I'm, I think of, like, 
bad stuff and I know I've got to deal with it. But to the point where I, like, I'm like, I don't know, I'd, I'd end it. You know what I mean? Like, you try and deal with something that hasn't even happened, but there, it's a real thought. It's not okay because of who he is in our life, but that's real. That's on my list. As I'm preparing for today, that thought is still there. When with mum, I hope she drives carefully in the wet. She's done really well with us. But fears and lies are, fears and lies don't make sense. They distort, they accuse, they grab stuff, twist it, twist it in a ball and then give it back to you. And you're like, hang on, that doesn't even make sense. Peace, it's a big deal. The oxygen of heaven, it's substance, it's real. It's not just a Christian phrase on a Christmas card. Holy Spirit. I won't go into the Greek. Greek's good, but we won't go into the Greek because the Hebrew is enough because it translates past and explodes into the New Testament. Does that make sense? So taking all the, the covenant name of God, Jehovah Shalom, and the whole word Shalom, it's one of the biggest meaning words in the whole Bible. It's like a four-page thing. Like, you do it. I think I sent it to you once, Nolene. It's probably on our email um, inbox somewhere. But it's about peace, it's shalom. And you know, when, it, when we take it all down, let's, and this is what it means, nothing missing and nothing broken. Nothing missing and nothing broken. And we can still be in process and have that as our anchor. I read this quote once. It said, broken crowns still color. Crayons. Broken crayons. Cool. Huh. Still color. Huh. How good's that? Bella snaps crayons every day. Crayons. Bella snaps crayons every day, but they still color. It's not perfect. Wrapper comes off. There's little heads all over the house. She walks on them. You just hear them snap in half. What are you doing? I said, probably our fault that we bought a pack of 200, um, but they still color. So process is okay, but process isn't okay if we don't acknowledge him in it and, and, and in a large part of it where his peace, if I don't have it, I, I can't go to that appointment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't actually get advice from leaders and encouragement if I'm not opening my life up to the current of peace and the substance of peace and the oxygen of peace, which is found in the Prince of Peace. And I'm just going to go through in the remaining minutes that I've got, I'm going to go through some promises of peace that if you can grab a hold of these scriptures and actually go through them and ask the Lord, how does the peace in this scripture, translate into that. Because there's nothing like it. Hope's big. Love is big. These are all great. Faith is awesome. But there's something about peace. It's like, peace be still. There's a new song that the guys are learning. I'm not sure when. Might be the next couple of months. Or maybe not. But it's, it's the first lines, bring it all to peace. Bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break. It's amazing. 
Let's look at Romans 15.13 as we're winding down. 10.32 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And we just, we just lean in this last few minutes to the promises of peace. Thanks, Jen. I pray that you would take either mental note now and listen to the podcast and pick apart these verses. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. We could do a full hour on this because I like doing that. But may the God of hope, so acknowledge as a God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that, there's a reason why we want the God of hope to fill us with all joy and peace in believing. Why? So you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's saying that peace brings hope. Joy and peace bring hope. There's things that that we start to do in the kingdom and we start to value and we go, okay, how do I get peace? Okay, how do I get get hope? How do I get joy? How do I get love? I encourage you to go after the Bible because you'll start, the dots will start to join and it's like, oh, I can't actually have peace without trust because when you trust, there's a peace and I can't have trust if I don't know the person. So I've got to know the person and I can't know a person unless I spend time with a person and I can't spend time with a person if I don't value it or put time aside or speak to my spouse and my family dynamic of how we can all have time because peace is a big deal but it's seven steps ahead of you having a conversation. The promises of peace. Encountering peace and being filled with peace. This practically outworks when we pray to the Lord, when we read our Bible, when we chat with our friends, with Him in mind and in the conversation and in worship. That's what we're doing in worship. An EG in worship of why we're just saying, hey, let's not be in a hurry. Let's not be in a hurry in worship. Why? Because we want the Prince of Peace to show up in a way that's outside of us just acknowledging who He is from our memory but it's actually a reality that he actually enters, he increases in the room. There's times when Jesus wasn't in a house and he was still real, but the Bible says that he showed up in their midst. And I think he might've even said, peace be with you. I'm not being smart. Maybe he did. Did he? Oh, that's cool, isn't it? He's just setting up the sermon even, even though I put in a lot of effort. He's just one step ahead. But how good is that? that he was out here somewhere, but then one day he's different and the paralytic gets healed or whoever got healed. So that's what we're believing for, that there's different dimensions to his presence. You at home with him is great, internal peace. Some mornings he's going to blow this room up and you're going to be stunned because you're feeling him. And it's not all about feeling, but it's got to be different. There's got to be an ebb and flow and something new this week. I don't even want to come. Okay, Isaiah 9.6, can we just skip Philippians? Because we'll do that at the end. Because that's like a step-by-step process of how to get peace. Thanks, Jen. Isaiah 9, yeah, beautiful. Okay, wrapping up. Can the band come up? Is that okay? Thanks, guys. So let's just continue to lock in, even though you'll notice Al's mustard-colored pants. 
Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. Sorry, mate. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And the first part of uh, verse 7 is there will be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. So there'll be no end to shalom with all that's going on. Ten things yesterday in the news. Crazy stuff. Shooting. Jesus, be there now. You're the ever-present help in time of need. Comfort. We don't know how good can come of this, but that's why you're God and we're not. And we ask Holy Spirit that you would do something in those families, in that nation, in Jesus' name. We don't get, there's a plane crash in Cuba and Russell Black was there. It wasn't in the plane, but just there because he's been into Cuba 100,000 times. That's weird. He's seen 100,000 salvations in 85 trips into Cuba, communist country, seeing the nation transform. But 100 people die that didn't think they were going to die yesterday. So we get all this, but there'll be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. That's why we can say we believe as a church that his kingdom is advancing. We don't get it all, but his word says that there'll be no end to the increase of peace. Now we can either not believe it or we step into belief. Jesus, why didn't this happen? It was because of your unbelief. It's challenging, but we don't want to hear that. But Jesus is like, if you guys want to grow, I'm going to have to be real with you for these three years. Get behind me, Satan, he says to Peter, who loved, obsessed with Jesus. What did that do to Peter's heart? There was restoration on the beach after the resurrection. He denied him three times. Then he said, how much do you love me? Three times. And there was reconciliation in his soul. He got emotionally healed. This is so good, God. Romans, Jen, 14 to 17, describing this kingdom that we've received that cannot be shaken. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. They're getting into conversations about being a stumbling block and we can't eat animal sacrifice because they were the customs. Remember I said that stops at the cross. So Paul and Peter are getting all intense and they're saying, no, no, no. And these guys are saying, you can't eat that and don't make unclean what I've made clean, Jesus is saying. And they're trying to honor people, but say wrong. And then Paul makes this great statement. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So righteousness, peace, and joy are inside a package deal in the Holy Spirit And when you said yes to Jesus and your spirit was made alive, righteousness, peace, and joy came inside of you. So how do we cultivate that? How do we cultivate something that's already in us? How do we stir up that which is already in us? How do we believe that something's in us when we can't see it? We pray. We worship. We read the Bible. It's not coincidence that I know 300 scriptures. My memory helps. But remember, you received an impartation a few weeks ago. There's a level of upgrade for you now. How do we do it? How do we cultivate it? Let's go... 
Matthew 4, next one, awesome. And he awoke, crazy storm, they were terrified. Like fear, panic attack, anxiety, freaking out. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. A couple of quotes. When you have peace, walk in peace, you can give it away. Your internal reality will always become your external reality. And I think honestly with Bella and her health, in a good sense, that I would have, I would have prophesied and declared over her health, I'll say a thousand times, out loud. And I, I think I don't pray. It's the accuser. I pray a lot. And one of my prayers, my main prayers, is I, I release peace. Because I have peace. Because when we look at the epistles, that's the books of the Bible written to the churches, you know, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Then we've got 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Jude. But in 98% of them, Paul says this. He says, Paul, an apostle set apart by God, that changed a little bit from, from book to book. And he says, grace and peace to you. And I spoke about grace, and we won't talk about that. But he's releasing peace. It's not a little nice thing. Like, we have peace to give away. I can put my hand on 30 and release peace. He's got peace in him. But I've got peace as well. I don't understand how it all works, if I've got more peace or less peace or a different peace. Don't know. But I know that, not true. Jesus. So I can give peace away. Grace and peace to you. And then Peter says this amazing thing, Jen. Can we go to Peter? The last scriptures. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. He's lifted the level. So it's not just, okay, there's a level of shalom. There's, there's a level of nothing missing and nothing broken that's available to every person in this room that's contending for breakthrough in every area of your life. But he's like, it's not only just a, a certain measure of peace. He's like, grace and peace be, be multiplied. So the grace, the kindness of the Lord, that empowering presence, and then peace, the nothing missing, nothing broken. I pray that those two things would be multiplied to you. Why? Because of that. They've got to keep multiplying because that list keeps growing. If, if the peace, if Peter didn't say that peace line at the end, then we're struggling because we've got a cap on peace. But we don't have a cap on peace. We've got this unfolding of grace and peace. And Ephesians 1 says that we're going to explore for the ages to come the grace of God. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Let's do um, Who You Say I Am. And we're going to go off. It's a new song. But simple lyrics. I'm going to read one more scripture. Matthew 10. We're going to look at verse 1, then verse 7 and 8, and then 12 to 13. We're going to finish in a couple of minutes. There's a few more scriptures in here, like, you'll keep in perfect peace those whose minds are set on you. That's a promise. If our minds are set on Him, then you'll have perfect peace. So how do you set your mind on Him? Galatians, it's the fruit of the Spirit. 
It's evidence that you and him are one. Jesus said in 14.27, John 14.27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So you've been given peace. But then Matthew 10, Matthew 10, Jen. So you can do what you want now. You can close your eyes. You can look at me. I'm good. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Side note, every. Verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Not an offering message. Not an offering message. It's about signs, wonders, and miracles. Freely you've received, freely give. Number 12, this is what we're going to land on. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, I'm not going into that detail, but I know it's weird. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If not, let your peace return to you. Let's pursue him now. You've been given peace. How do we cultivate peace? We worship. We praise. We, 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 we step into thanksgiving. We're going to do it. Philippians, Philippians, bear with me, church. Philippians, this is the key to it all. Okay, here we go. Our final prayer, and then we're going to worship. How do we do it? Do not be anxious about anything. That's not fair, God. I have the right to have anxiety. Because anxiety is real. I've had a panic attack on a plane. But there's a higher truth. And he said, don't be anxious about anything, ever. But he empathizes us when we are. And he kneels down. And he comforts and loves. But he's saying there's a higher way. You don't have to be anxious ever again. How? Every situation by prayer. Pros UK. Approaching him face to face. Giving him your life. With thanksgiving, thanking him for everything he's done. Focusing on the good. Present your request. What do you need from him? And then guess what happens? And the peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Fire God. If your peace doesn't come and become oxygen to me and a current, then... It's not going to guard my heart and mind. And if my heart and mind is not guarded, I defer hope and I get sick in my emotions. That list becomes everything where I'm just trying to keep my head above water. How the heck can I get these core beliefs in my life when that list is bigger? I can't do this. You can. You can. When you rejoice at the good, when you write a list of your testimonies, when you start thanking God for everything that he's done in your life, and then as you come and learn how to worship, we're not changing. We're going to hit this harder and harder and harder. It's going to be gentle over time, but we're pressing in to his fire and face. Because if we don't, his peace can't transcend our own understanding and we become a humanistic church that has great structure without life. Where we try and sort everything out and make a good service. But with what we're trying to achieve, we need his hand and his fire and his presence. So let's crank this song up and we're going to sing. And then after the song, I'll pray and it's going to be awesome. We're a little bit over. 
forgive me. Let's do this.